Hey ya, this is Kirsty, and welcome to my podcast, Period and Life. In this podcast, we're going to talk about periods, of course, but we're also going to talk about the culture of periods, the perception of periods, the history of periods, period products, but we're also going to talk about life as well. We're going to discuss all this with down-to-earth guests, and we're also going to get some experienced members of society to come on and talk about periods. So, let's break down these walls and get talking. Hi everyone. <laughs> so this is my podcast, Period in Life. I've got my uh, very good friend here, Raina, and she's going to uh, be cross-examined on her period yes. perception. <laughs> but yes, so welcome Raina, and uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to get involved in this podcast? Well, hello, uh, my name is Reina. I'm from Mexico. I live in the UK for almost 10, more than 10 years, actually. And why periods? I think coming from a completely different culture, it is really important to open up the conversation. A lot of people is not comfortable with the idea of, let's talk about periods, even talking about menstruation. Just the word is like, <gasps> even myself now, I'm flushing. <laughs> it's like, it is so difficult. Yeah, it sounds so serious, doesn't it? Like menstruation. I think I find it really hard to to describe periods as menstruating because I feel like it's difficult to yeah. say and then it feels like a daunting word to use, but <laughs> it shouldn't be. It, it is. And also I think coming when you're coming from a con- developing country like Mexico, when they consider... Oh, is that in America? Oh, they don't have much information. When you come to a European country like the UK, you're expecting like all this more openness about this. And actually, it has come up just recently as the newest generation actually has more awareness about what is a period. What do you do about this? Even I didn't know about the menstrual cup. I knew because one of my friends who um, do a lot of exercise were talking about this and she knew between 10 years ago and I was like, what's that? And of course, our friend Google said everything about it and start experimenting yourself. Like I have this conversation with all the Mexicans in the UK and they found it disgusting to touch yourself, like talking about vagina, uterus, euclitoris, all these words about feminism, like about the reproductive system of a woman, you don't go beyond, oh, it's an uterus and you have fallopium and that's it. And you just have blood every month for some reason. <laughs> and that's it. It's a miracle. Like, who knows? <laughs> Bleed for no reason. <laughs> it is. And actually something that I just recently read about when was with Taylor, actually from the podcast from last week, about how it's depicted on the TV, which a lot of people look at it, or even podcasts now on YouTube. That it, was, it was in 2017, the first time that it was broadcasted blood as the color in a UK advert, advert. And I was shocked. I haven't found in Mexico when was it, but I'm just thinking about UK, which is a country where you have these quite advanced ideas, they was just recently had an avid with actual blood. 
It's like, whoa, <laughs> I never thought about it until we was, you were talking last week about this and how it's depicted on the TV. I think it is really impressive. And also, it's important for us just to talk about periods and what happens. I don't know, I am more than 35. And <laughs> the 30s are great, let's not deny it. <laughs> it is, I don't care anymore. <laughs> but that comes with periods, for example. <clears throat> How do, how do your body change after 30? Not because, oh, it's bad or good. It's simply you are changing. Everyone changes. And I think men notice less how the changes become than women because we have these like periods, something that it reminds us every month how we are internally. And that's something good that maybe other people might find it bad. But it's also kind of important just to notice how through the time, we see all these changes. Um, personally, for example, oh, well, I used to be a really heavy bleeder. I used to have a lot of cramps, a lot of pain. And it hasn't changed much, but I could see after 30, it was like, okay, less days. It was less pain, maybe. Mm-hmm. I am really, I've always been really regular, but it has been more like I'd be more aware how I feel, how it changes. You're talking about how, people is changing and that comes hand to hand to how the women's depict their own um, sexual health as well and menstrual activism i think is just fantastic that someone actually have these ideas and there are people out there talking about this and you maybe you are not on board of this but it is important that maybe someone else might have or might would like to have the information about it yeah i think the majority of women would much prefer if the conversation was much more open and you know just being able to talk openly about your symptoms and even from the beginning if if it was a worldwide kind of movement where the standard of the period education from whether it's primary school in the UK and then further education in high school that would really give you the foundations to understand you know the journey ahead of you with yeah, periods yeah. um but obviously we don't have that in place right now it may be mm-hmm. getting better but like you said that even if you're not interested about talking about you know your period yeah. and it's not a topic you want to really get stuck into like I can imagine you'd think oh that that could really help my sister out or I know mm. a friend who oh, she, she loves talking about periods but she, I don't really want to talk about it with her so yeah, it's kind of just opening the floor, I think, for everyone if you want to, you know, access that. I think that's that's a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast. Yeah, and also I think something really important is with you or all the women touching those men as well. Like, it's men and women. Mm-hmm. And it's so important now getting in context with LGBTQ community mm-hmm. as well because um, recently, actually... In the topic of women, and also how women, if a BBC, one of the movies in there, I was looking at, and there was this depiction of this lady talking to her daughter, a teenager, about hair flushes, about menopause. And then the daughter was talking about what was her first period, and the woman was moaning, saying, oh, no one has took a cure for this. Like, no one cares about menopause. But also the daughter was mentioning about one what their mother said to her during the first time that she held the period and said, oh, you are a woman now. 
And she laughed. And it's exactly how do you depict sex? How do you say or take the determination that because you have a period, you're a woman? What does people who are outside the LGBTQ community, what are the people who feel so they are a woman and they don't menstruate? Or actually, generally, women who cannot menstruate because there's something yeah. physiological there. I think it's just how we need to start shifting all these conversations. And it's a great movie, actually. It's a French movie called Our Role. And it's great just to see it because you see also the changes of the even the mom. And I said, wow, I didn't notice that I said that. What's it called again? Our Role and Life in Me, if I think. That's how it's called in English. Mm-hmm. But Aurora. That's the name of in, in French because it's a French movie. Yeah. yeah. Great. It's, it's a great movie. Great, great to see. And that scene, I think it's it's fantastic just to see how as someone who completely forgot maybe yeah, 15, 13 years ago who said that to her daughter and now said, and then she mentioned in the same scene, oh, that's what my mom said to me. And you're like, whoa. And it goes through generations. I think it's, this is the point and this is the time where we have all these um, technology that we can actually reach people yeah. beyond not only your bedroom or your living room or your garden or your country or your county it's beyond that thing it's just it's just fantastic yeah. yeah so there's like a few things really good points you've made so one is you know menstruation in like the LGBTQ plus community yeah. um, one reason for me is that I've probably already spoken to you about this. Like, I don't identify as queer, so yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is something that I've thought about. And then, uh, you know, with people not experiencing regular periods, because yeah. in the last podcast I mentioned how, you know, contraception influenced periods are not for a lot of people not regular periods, and and then some people don't have periods at all, and mm. there's you know, and that I mean, this like reaches into the you know women's health as well so there's so many complications you can have with periods and again like there's just not much information you know out there until you have this problem and you go to the doctors and then they explain oh it could be this it could be that or you go to a sexual health clinic but there's really little open conversation for you know not the st- a standard you know period you yeah. know your own routine you know not everyone has it every month and some people do and I think it you know it's a really good point and especially if you're not you're not you know if you were born you know female and you still then you identify as a woman that's going to be much easier for you to maybe process all this information but if you're say you know you feel you know you identify in whatever gender you feel you are um you know, is that information going to be the same for you yeah. or yeah, yeah. is is it going to be biased because you don't identify as just like a straight woman? You yeah. know, it's... It is, it, it is, com- it becomes like a rabbit hole, to be honest. It's like mm-hmm. so complicated. Like when you, if you don't have this information available out there, it's, as you said, if, unless you go with the doctor, so everything starts with the GP, right? And the understanding, you could have a great, GP and they will be understanding but what if you are not brave enough to go to through your GP where did you get access to this um, of course now Google as I say internet everything is is out there but how many of how much of that information actually is accurate how much is actually helpful 
Uh, is there any websites? Uh, it's getting more now doing all this, but it's still lacking a lot. I think we need to kind of address this point to everyone else, like information, how much accurate it is out there, and also the accessibility. I think the pandemic came <clears throat> and showed uh, to a lot of the people living in this country that not everyone has a computer, that even not everyone has the access to internet connection. Um, I've seen it here, being close to Southport, how many kids for people who are under poverty, they couldn't access the classes because the school assumed that they had access at home and actually they didn't. And it was a massive shock, not only for the schools, but also for the society itself, mm -hmm. saying, oh, really? You don't have access? And people are like, well, maybe because they're embarrassed. Of course, it's difficult when you have you not know, have no money. We have been there. I've been there. Just you maybe go to the library and use the library PC or even a school. You spend more time in school because you don't have a PC at home. So, but no one noticed that until completely everything was completely shut down. And the pandemic brought this kind of like issue through society saying, you know what, it's not everyone has the access. So more than podcasts as well, it's what else we can give, right? Yeah. Just to have these conversations that it goes from how do you feel, how you are connected, but also is how do you actually help those ones? As maybe we help one soul and one person out there, that would be fantastic because that could bring... And the evening table. Let's have a tea. Let's have a cup of tea and talk about it. And maybe that bring families together, actually, even closer. Because I remember coming from, from the same. I'm from Mexico, so it's completely different society. My mom is it had me when she was 40, which is really difficult in Mexico. Of course, mm -hmm. in over in the 80s, it was like, woof. Everyone's like, saying, no, you shouldn't have a kid at that age. And all the, yeah, I was, I was like, there is baby, right? But I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was one of those things that I never had really a good conversation with her because she didn't have it with her mom. And it was, I think it was not because she didn't want to, it's that she didn't know how to. And now that we're adults, for example, and I speak to her freely because I think I am really direct to her, I have this, okay, why do you do this? And my mom was like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, why you didn't tell me about menstruation? And she's like, I really don't know. I think no one told me that I need to tell you something. Even my sister, who is just five years old than me, never really had a conversation with me. I knew that there were some pads there, the racks that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. I never had an iPad until I was like maybe 20, 25. Yep. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was a rag woman. Woo <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, like what what were the rags? Were they quite good at doing the job just because? Oh, like no, it was horrible. Oh. It was like completely like, yeah, you imagine bed full of stains and things. You used to use towels as well during the night so you could absorb some of the, of some, some of the blood really during the night. And of course, the older that you get, the more that you're like, oh man, we didn't have much money, so you couldn't really access the newest products because we didn't have the money to help them. But I, I got, I don't know, maybe the first 10 years of my life with, with rags during the night. And that was what I, I knew. Like until my sister, of course, 
she was older and she could start getting money, getting a, a job. And then she bought things for herself. And then suddenly I was like, okay, I should try this for you. <laughs> and then that's how I knew of all these things, apart from what my mom knew. So it was quite, I opened it really until maybe 90, well, it was just early 2000s, I think, when I started just using different products. Really, when you're like, oh, there's something thinner. Because so you was, for example, oh, I remember times um, when it's just licking. In your, your uniform in high school is licking and you're like, oh, yeah. how embarrassing is that? And I think the worst thing as well is that we, like especially be if you're a girl in school mm. you're made to feel even worse <sighs> about that and like as much as I, I would love to be able to say that like I don't want it to be embarrassing but you feel it like it is embarrassing it is, and it is. and you know that like people like children are quite cruel and they're gonna oh. talk about it and there's always jokes about like I, I, I had some God awful <laughs> friends when I was in primary school and high school, but I went to a sleepover once and it was, you know, I went to high school with these girls as well as primary school. It was obvious they just hated me. <laughs> like, um, they were, oh yeah, kids are cruel. But I went, so, but I still got invited to stuff. Um, and so we all had a sleepover in the living room. We watched films, played games and stuff. And then when I went to bed, uh, we all went to sleep and then First, they woke me up saying like, oh, Kirsty, we woke you up because you were holding hands with the other girl and the other girl was really annoyed. But then the next joke was then they woke me up again three hours later and they'd like got a pad, colored it, colored it in <gasps> red and then put it on my hand and then said, oh, Kirsty, you've like perioded all over yourself. And I was actually like so confused. What? Yeah, I was so confused. Oh, God. I'm sorry about that. I mean, like, I mean, I, I didn't really understand the cruelty, like, and, you know, deep down yeah. um, at the time, I was just super embarrassed. And it's just like that, that is the standard, that, that periods are embarrassing. Blood is embarrassing, leaking is embarrassing. Yep. That is th the standard set. And I think if you don't have the support or even where it come from, like what, how can I ask someone that this is normal? How I feel, like what I'm feeling, it is normal. Like, mm. I think that's, that's one of the things that, Things like this, the podcast or um, information in the internet is helping people. Of course, it can be not as good sometimes. It's good and bad. Like you need to have a balance in them. But experiences like this, they, when you, for example, maybe at home, no one have a conversation about it because I didn't have. So I remember my first conversation, openly conversation about maybe uh, periods. It was when I was at university and I was born. 19, 20, and I have a friend, because I move, of course, from the small city to the big city in Mexico City, and I have friends who were from there, a little bit maybe more open. One of them is my good friend, Dina. Completely blown, like, she's direct. Straight offering, to the like, point. Yeah, and she was one of those, like, okay, let's talk about this. And it was great to have this fresh conversation with someone who, took out taboo out of the door, like, mate, you stay outside because you are not coming in this conversation between girls. And it was amazing. I think that liberated me a lot. And But I was so, like, I was old. Like, to be honest, I was old. I was lucky to find someone like her 
to actually open the conversation, not only to that subject, to sexuality, how you felt, how you behave with others, people who were queer, for example, when you notice how do you behave with other people as well, because being in Mexico, it's like, oh, should I say something? I have so many friends who I was, was a student engineering and I was slightly male because that's what you told in Mexico. To succeed in a male environment, you need to feel like, oh, you're rough. You're kind of like a, yeah, a like, tomboy. I'm a tomboy, like right? Testosterone yourself exactly. up. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Like, oh, I need to be. So, yeah. Oof, oof. Right. And I loved, like, I am all 100% for dresses and not like makeup and anything, but I love dresses and be really girly. And of course, I never really managed to do that during that period because I have this idea, oh, I need to be mainly, right? It was through that time on the 20s when I actually discovered papyrus, sexuality. What do you want really as a woman? And have this conversation with all the women who want to talk about it, even those who didn't. But at the end of the night with some fe- some beers, a little bit of chat, <laughs> they were like, oh, you know what? They were just listening to the stories as well. Which could be traumatic, like you, for example, comes from when you are younger. Yeah, I think there's a lot of probably times and events when I've just forgotten about just because they blend in because I mean we'll go into it now but I got like bullied quite bad in school it just there was no there was no attention to it like I used the pads I got through the period and I just didn't really register it or reflect on it I just Mm -hmm. it was more my life at that time was just like get through high school get to college and you can start like living your life and then but then the whole putting things in the back of your mind and not dealing with them that that's carried on throughout my life probably Mm -hmm. only until the last few years so when I actually look back at high school and maybe even college as well I didn't really have those conversations or even try to touch touch the conversation I think it was very much like oh it's woman stuff like just get over it because I was a cross between um like really into like sports and mm. wearing baggy jeans and then yeah. then also I liked makeup and then it was like trying to be like a surfer chick and then <laughs> sur- you know a, a skater chick and then I couldn't skate and kept falling <laughs> over so a lot of my time was taken up by just kind of just doing life really and then the no one ever like asked oh so how are your periods going yeah. I would have I would have loved that in college and if someone turned around, you know, it may be like a social, yeah. So it's social studies or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think or something like that, or some some sort of health class. That's yeah. They should. I think they should make it mandatory. That's an idea. They should like have a small. I don't know if they do it, but like a health class in college. You know, for everyone. Yep. I would have loved if there was a short class, maybe like once a month, just to check, just to check, no, like. How's everyone doing? Also, here are a few things you can learn. Maybe each month or maybe like every couple of weeks, throw in the the conversation. This is what periods are. And if you here are some resources, here are some things you can check out online if you're experiencing irregular periods. Yeah. Or da, 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 da. And then they could do the same for boys as well in yeah. different, you know, it's not just about, you know, so it's also about like all the other stuff, you know, like with mental health and dealing mm. with stress. I think they could definitely bundle all that in, but then obviously focusing on, you know, menstruation, you know, people who identify as men wouldn't be interested. I get that. 
opening it up a few times a year. And then when that person walks away from college or whether it's an apprenticeship or something like that, not, you know, if you don't go the standard route of going to college and uni, that person would have been exposed to the word and the conversation. So when they speak to the next person about it, it's so much easier because they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, we learned a bit in this class like a couple of years ago or, oh, I had that class last month and then da, da, da. Oh, you can get menstrual cups now and, you know, I prefer this to that or or someone in the class might just be like, yeah, I can't find any decent menstrual cups. And the lad's <laughs> like, what's that? And it's like, oh, it's just that good thing where like you can put it in. You know, it's just that sort of thing, you know, making it more normal. More normal. Yeah. Easily dropped into a casual chat. Yeah. But also like the seriousness and of it as well yeah so yeah, yeah. like taking out the embarrassment if you can yeah 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 you and know. i think it's important among women but among men as well mm-hmm. like how how is depicted for them because you mentioned now well it might it might not come to them but they might be they have sisters they have mothers they have partners if they have a they have a heterosexual or they have the partners of their partners, if they have, if they are bi as well, go yeah. for it. We are interactive animals. Yeah. So they will come across a woman and that sensitivity about being aware of what's happening to a woman, it might be actually interesting. And even my brought up the, oh, I want to be a gynecologist. Oh, I want to a GP because I really like that. Or I really want to know what's going on with the other sex. Or like something that it's not me they are experiencing something completely different. And maybe yeah. they're related to each other. Because imagine like a doctor ignoring yeah. the fact that you might be experiencing, you know, irregular or difficult oh, periods. But oh. imagine the doctor oh. ignored that. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be, because you're a doctor and it's part of health, like you wouldn't, like you wouldn't ignore it because it's still part of your health and it could yeah. be impacting you. Yeah. But that's what society does. is kind of like, yeah. oh, we're just going to ignore that because it's, it's, it's bloody... Yeah, um, it doesn't happen. Let's yeah. put it in a hood, like they do in some cultures. They just put it in a hood, yeah. and that's it. And I think the important bit of this as well is changing the mentality, even from the GPs. Let's talk about endometriosis, for example, how important has become that women have fought for years to get actually a diagnosis and say it's not just a woman's pain, or just no normal happen this pain is excruciating, like it's so bad inside of myself that I can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I don't know, you might have had the same problems when you said that you were going through changes. How badly? I remember shouting sometimes and crying my eyes out during the first days. My cramps were absolutely horrendous during my like mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And in that time, the boyfriend that I had at that time, it was just like, what's going on with you? literally he went outside to my neighbor and said i'm so sorry it sounds really like i'm i really poop <laughs> but can you just turn down the music she's really bad and it was to that point that even music was just complete it made me cry yeah you become quite sensitive to yeah environmental to everything stuff. to everything and impacts your mental health it impacts you how do you interact with people? I remember I became really good for after that. He kind of like started talking about that with me. Like, okay, what what's going on? What happened? And then we have this conversation, which was amazing. It's a 23-year-old man who never spoke about it. 
Halma, like he was Bota Bota uh, grandmother. Her mom was had kids when he was like 15 years old, so he knew about everything. He has a really nice um, sister who was still my friend. Never spoke about it at home. Ever. Ever. He didn't know. He, he knew there was a period. Something called menstruation. But that was it. Yeah. And, and that's important, I think. It's also to have this slightly touch or awareness to people. Doesn't mean that they need to take it, but they are aware of it. And I think that also changes the perspective of everyone else. Not only to primary school, because that would be fantastic. It changes culturally. It brings themes to the to the table. Yeah, the family yeah, conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's important because it can brought up a lot of discussion. You don't need to agree with everyone. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you cannot talk about it. It's kind of like talking about the the you know the reality of it. And if mm. if you don't have to agree with the all the opinions around it, but it's more having that chat with your children. And then, yeah. but it not just being the mum, it also being the dad as well. Even yeah. even if, you know, you know the parent isn't too sure because maybe they don't experience, you know, what some people consider as, you know, a regular period or, you know, they don't have the organs to have a period. Um, yeah. I think it's just being like all sat together with the person who's, you know, the kid who's impacted and then just talking about it together and, yeah, definitely not constantly excluding men from the... No. I don't think men want to be fully in the conversation because it's kind of like they don't have... It's outside maybe yeah, of the body. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, I, I understand it. why. I, I did think about it between the, you know the last podcast and now. Just because it doesn't directly affect them, I can understand why it's not all fully relevant and they're not going to resonate with a lot of it you know yeah. maybe maybe the the practical practicality of having a period <laughs> and then say yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. selecting the products that you feel comfortable with yeah, that's yeah, going to sure. be tough if you don't have those periods that's going to be tough for you to kind of be switched on and be like yeah like you're trying to understand <laughs> that but I think it's just it not just being the stereotypical oh the mum talks about sex and periods and pregnancy and things like that yeah. it's kind of like being well, you don't have to be excluded from this conversation just because you're, yeah, you know, you don't experience the period. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that I'd really like. To, I definitely want to interview, um, you know, some men, some men yeah. and just and just see what how they feel about it. And the perspective it it is important also for everyone. I think it just to have like, oh, I didn't know this. Or as I said before, we are or they are in an environment when they need to interact with with women who come through this uh, act or to this event every single month. Mm -hmm. It's having the respect for it, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And I just I think it just comes with the idea of no sympathy is empathy. That's the correct word. And I love that word. I think when it I is, learned in English, it was like, amazing. This is the best. <laughs> it's an amazing word. Because, I, I mean, I don't have the definition in front of it, but it's kind of like, even if you don't understand, it's appreciating. Yeah what the person is going through it's and not, like yeah it's, it's shifting the idea of being not a victim i can kind of see where you're coming from and maybe if you don't fully understand you can like resonate with aspects of what they're going exactly. through exactly so even if you're talking to someone who does you know a man who doesn't experience periods um it's you being like oh this happens to me every, every month and i get you know really bad cramps and really bad headache and um i'm as, sorry as, if i'm really bad today yeah and example. then going do you know what 
I, I would probably, if I had periods, I would be the same. So I yeah. respect that. I respect you're probably going to be like, you know, behaving, <laughs> if not a bit different, just maybe like nipping to the toilet more and just being like, I respect that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a tough ask when if you don't experience the periods and you've never learned about it in your whole life. I think it's gonna yeah. I think it's a tough ask, but I think it's an important yeah. ask. Yeah, and but also it is important that you can put it out there and as you said, men can take the decision. Okay, there's the resources, but also come through for society as well, how yeah. to encourage it that and I think the best way is kids. I I am a true believer that kids are just a sponge of society and they are the persons who become good or bad in whatever terms that you have culturally religion whatever and they will actually they they know already what it's they can decide and the more that you give them the option and actually a neutral and factual information yeah, what they can't bias exactly it becomes like oh it becomes natural and it comes into the conversation. Someone who can talk about love, can talk about sex, all those, all that information, you actually can give it to kids and they will be absolutely like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. Rather than saying, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think it's like kind of adapting the conversation with yeah. the kids as well. Yeah. So, you know, giving the facts, but so it's understandable and digestible yeah, for the age. And then as time goes by, then you know, update that information to suit the age. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel there's a gap in that information being fed. I remember tampons being put into a glass in, I think it was my last year of primary school and me just being like, whoa, that <laughs> that expands like so big. And I just sat there and I was just, I looked around and I was like, what's happening? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, didn't understand what a tampon was. And she just put it in a glass and it expanded and then, ta-da! <laughs> And then someone like, I think later on was like, that goes in the foo-foo or the fanny or whatever. And I was like, what? And then I was like, why? And then someone's like, we're talking about periods, Kirsty. And I'm like, oh yeah. Just I just totally forgot what a period was. Because I think someone like briefly explained. But then yeah. they got into the class and they didn't actually go into the science of it. Mm. They were just like, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so sex, don't let anyone touch you or go near you. Also, here's a tampon. <laughs> so being, I don't know if that's my childlike memory, just like zoning in and out. But um, then the next time it was spoke about was in high school. And I think we did the biology lessons of what a period was, but then also in the kind of like social kind of classes that you had, health, mm. social stuff. But it, again, there was just so much embarrassment around even talking about, and I know it's embarrassing talking in front of a bunch of teenagers. Of course. Because You're it's bound to be one that's going to go, <laughs> oops, <laughs> sex. Yeah. Or, or in primary school, it's like, um, are you going to do it? As in like, <laughs> mean doing it, like having sex. So I think it must be hard for teachers to take it seriously and get the information they need to get across. But then I also, I think teachers skip stuff because it's uncomfortable and yeah um having this conversation about how difficult for kids a couple of years ago i hosted a mexican teacher actually she's a phd student now a doctor and she came to manchester university for an educational um, conference and we were talking about a host to her she was staying a couple of days here 
And she is actually a teacher for secondary school, mm-hmm. for the earliest. And she teaches biology. She did a PhD in biology and social studies and education as well. And she's biology by um, by degree. And we were talking about uh, about the physicality of the clitoris. Mm-hmm. And she draw actually. She had the discussion. Um, she she works in London with all the teachers how she wanted to draw an actual clitoris and she did an amazing picture because she shared it on Facebook and she actually said how basically the clitoris at the G-point is like a penis like that's how it is and she was it was an amazing thing and like a lot of people commented she got really good but she was telling me that the feedback at secondary school it was horrible people were like the, the parents they said no no you shouldn't you shouldn't the parents are going to come and just are going to sue the school. How it's going? And she said, "I was talking with professionals. I'm not talking about with 15 years old, right? It was with professionals saying this is my plan. That's what I want to do, and I want to normalize the conversation because it's a lot about male genitalia. What about the female genitalia? Yeah, it's just kind of like here's the vagina. We're not going to look closer at that." Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like the penis, it's like I learned Ooh. about the foreskin and all sorts, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it's just yeah, kind of yeah. like it yeah. is because, like, throughout a lot of my life, I didn't really understand what the clitoris was. Yeah. Until like I started, like I didn't know either. Yeah, and and it, I think it's so important, like, not just to like you know know your own anatomy, but I think for your own health like you know I'm not going to go too much into sex but like with masturbation like something as simple as learning about that because you talk about how males you know yeah ejaculate essentially of course and how that you know is to create babies but also there's pleasure to it yeah and and you learn that you know the testicles have to be above a certain temperature before they can drop yeah. You know, you learn things like that. But then marking out the oh, anatomy of the vagina is like taboo. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just so so just so misogynistic. Like you're a woman, you don't need to know this. Yeah. Like <laughs> Of course we do. <laughs> and then it then it's trivialized from high school. Exactly. And that that was the conversation that I we have a really good discussion. And I said, okay, tell me please the end of the story. I said, okay, this is not as exciting as it should, should sound. And it's like, why? She's like, because I did what I wanted <laughs> against all my colleagues in the secondary school. I said, okay, you know what? It's on me. If it's something happens, it's me who put it. I put it on writing. Like, because of course it's legal. I know these things need to go. I was like, oh my God. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, I believe in this. So I'm going, going for it. You know what happened? No one make a joke. No one at all. The classroom was so participative and none of the parents came and said anything about it at all. So it's almost like the battle just to be, to, to even start, yep. you know, talking about it. Yep. Even in like health environment and education environment, yep. it's almost blocked yep. until you let it through. And it's actually like, Oh, it was fine. Like, yeah. it was probably very helpful information. <laughs> the, like, the girls, I said, she said, I said, some women have done a comment. She's like, they only said, oh, it looks like a penis. That was it. 
someone else draw, they were doing some things. We have an exam. That was it. No one said about it. There Nothing. You go. And she said, that tells you how much we have actually behind us is us as adults who actually have these taboos and how we move forward. The professionals who said, no, 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 no. You shouldn't say that. No, 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 no. You shouldn't put that. And she's like, nope. I do believe in this. Of course, she does the studies. She did a PhD of education. Yeah. So she knows what she's talking about. Exactly. And she took it as a, as a test as well, just to say, you know what? I, I can change even this tiny bit and see how it works. And it, it did. It, yeah. it was really good. So that is amazing. You go, yeah, no, no. It's, it's the little battles like that, isn't it? Yep. It literally is. It's definitely my motivation why I'm trying to, you know, bring the topic up more. Because it's not about the all the big acts that are made. Yeah. Like it's all about small acts and those little debates that you have with people. Whether yeah. it's just you know like that you know event that's definitely made such an impact on those, those students kids. in yeah. the class. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to know what the hell the clitoris was like back in the day. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Actually, the anatomy. Someone said, "Oh, you know what." You think that you... And she explained that. Okay, male genitalia. What about female genitalia? Do they get excited? And they were like, hee, hee, hee. It's like, yeah, there's sensations here. And then she was pointed out. Okay, this is what you have. This irregularities. And in, a, in an actual open conversation about saying this is how it is and this is how it works. Kind of just talking about you don't just have to have full-on sex. You can have, you yeah. know... You can do other sex as well. So I think yeah. being more open about that conversation will probably help in, you know, you know, the difficulties with kids maybe like getting pregnant, maybe unexpectedly too young. Mm-hmm. But I completely respect, you know, anyone who, you know, gets pregnant and goes ahead with it. But um I think just just sometimes it's just education. You know, if you don't want to have kids so young, just being if you, and you don't feel ready having that education going like, do you know what? You don't have to have sex, you know, full on sex. You could have oral sex. You could, you know, just, you know. Masturbate. Use your hands, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But again, not, I remember one of the teachers mentioning oral sex and then using your hands, but then like, I, I, I didn't want tips, but I just didn't really understand. What do you mean with You know, that? why? Yeah. what do you, but then you don't want to be the person who's like, what do you mean, miss? And then. <laughs> oh, guess there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just kind of being like we learn about the reproductive side, but then also been like the, what the sexual pleasure to... side exactly. is just ignored, and just having more education on that because sometimes the internet is oh, it can wild. it can be your worst enemy because yeah. if you're trying to find that online, especially maybe a few years ago, I can't imagine there would be as many helpful websites. Oh. But, if, but if I googled now. Um, maybe masturbation health or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think you find something. But if kids aren't being directed to the right resources online and they're just going to porn, which we don't want kids to learn from porn because it's not help. It's yeah, that, that is a kind of worms for another episode, but definitely (laughs) like talking more in these classes with people who are comfortable and confident in themselves to go, we should be talking about this, you know, I'm prepared for this lesson that will help these kids. And yeah. it's just, you know, not everyone's going to listen in classes. 
But as if you're trying your best, you know, to get these messages across, I think it will it will do absolute wonders. Yep. You know, knowledge it's, is power, isn't it? That's 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 the thing. It's just to actually put the information out there. Yeah. Knowledge, knowledge is what is going to actually drive the society and the conversations among friends, among family, among mates. And it brings change. It will bring. It is. It is already seen the. Regrettably, it's just among the youngest, and that's sad because they don't have the full the full uh, picture of what's yeah. happening. And now it's our from the older generation yeah. to actually give a little bit more of the bigger picture because the the ones who are behind, uh, kids or even teenagers at this time, they need to actually start getting the right things. I think it'd be tough mm. for us ourselves to have that impact, but I think. If there's more conversations like this on social media, hopefully that will eventually have an impact on the powers that can yeah. can make a change, yeah. can impact the health education and schooling yeah. um, and access to information. So we're getting to the end because I think Yo. we've been um, <laughs> talking for quite a while, but it's been so good and we've covered so many really amazing points. Yeah, so what do you think we could do to impact our age group or the older generations? Because I think it might be a bit easy for the younger generations to get that yeah, education yeah. if everyone keeps talking like this. But what do you think we can do? Or maybe an idea that we could do to help raise awareness with our generation and maybe people who don't listen to podcasts. Is there anything, yeah. any thoughts on that? Oof. That's a tough one, but not impossible. I think uh, now, hopefully, the all the restrictions of COVID are easing a mm-hmm. little bit. Chats, I think, coffee chats. Uh, so maybe like the face-to-face yeah. conversations. Yeah. yeah. Probably maybe have more impact with the older, like e- indeed. our generation and older. Um, yeah. They may be social media as well. A lot um, of people, for example, I, I just have so many apps. It's like, pff, another one. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people to this time is like, oh, I'm so tired. It's just like, I don't want to have another app. But among friends, um, I think chats about these, like being open and say, you know what, I have this conversation. And maybe sensing how people will, will accept it a little bit. Because, for example, I'm quite direct. But not everyone is, as you are, direct yeah, as well. Yeah, I think that's it as well. Um, I definitely know a few people who, um, you know, I used to hang around with him before the pandemic and they would straight up not be comfortable with chatting about <laughs> it and, you know, feel a bit of a confusion when someone, you know, goes, oh, I'm on my period. And then they're just like, why, why are you talking to me about your period? Because I think for a lot of people, it's a, quite a personal topic. Yeah, as well. Yeah, um, of course. Which I think kind of like is a shame because if that person is maybe not spoken to anyone about it and that's the first time, you know, that mm. month they've been able to go, oh, this period is killing me. Yeah. And then someone's just looking at them like, what? Why? <laughs> but then it, so it, it's a tough one because it's balancing out of like who you feel you can talk to. Um, Talking about, I think it goes the other way around because when you point the finger, the three fingers coming to back to you. And I yeah. think that comes back when I was talking about the beginning about empathy and I think it's also for people who want to talk about it or be open about this be empathetic to the other generation say maybe sensing the boundaries you can talk about it without being actually aggressive 
or intrusive about their own personality because you don't know the stories, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it's tough as well because you don't know maybe if you're speaking to someone who you may be not as familiar with and you, they might be having quite you know difficulties with their body at the moment and yeah. their health. Um, I think it is finding a safe a safe group of people or a person that you can have this conversation with. Um, I definitely think people talking within friendships and relationships like one amazing thing I saw, it was probably on social media because I'm addicted. <laughs> um, a guy had posted that he ha- he doesn't have a girlfriend, but he has a lot of female friends. Yeah. And he said he was getting ready for the restrictions to lift. So he was going to have people over in the garden. But if they needed to use the bathroom, he set up a little station with pads oh, and tampons oh, and wipes oh, and painkillers. And my heart melted. He was just like, I want anyone who's coming into my bathroom to feel welcome yeah and that if they are on the period or you know whatever they're going through that they can come into the bathroom and not panicking that they've not got stuff with them yeah and I thought that was really sweet and even though he doesn't experience those periods himself he's literally gone I can still be supportive and you know respectful about it and I understand I understand that they might like oof I just came out of the house and oh, my period came. And how frustrating, how embarrassing is that? And you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah it, don't worry. Just get something there. It just takes away the anxiety. Like you go to, like when we could go to bars and I, every time I went into a bar that had like a little period station, oh. I'd be like, and they'd always have a little bit of deodorant and some yeah. body spray and then tampons. I'd be like, <laughs> this is so cute. And then I'd feel bad about taking anything because I'm like, I want to take something, but I, I'm not actually on my period, but I'm just so excited that there's a little station. But it, so, it's that, it's just being pathetic, I think. And yeah. that grab ups as well, the idea of the other way around, like when you speak with other people, with the younger generation, and also with the other one, because you're now in the middle. I think we are in the middle when we are now spoken about these issues and these subjects and we just, yeah, understand and open up. If it's okay, maybe to talk once or twice, drop the penny. Yeah. It might be, and maybe it might, might require more time and maybe they don't want to, but that's fine. I think yeah, it's, I think it's them being respectful and being like, okay, yeah. you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. Yeah. But, but at least you've tried. Exactly. It's just, I think it's now the word to try and see where we go. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> this has been so good. Like, so this is the second interview, but like, I want to re-interview all my guests because oh. everyone's so amazing <laughs> and funny. No, thank you so much, Raina. No, thank you so much for inviting me. It was, it was really good. I think we touched a lot of other issues, which yeah. is great because that's how it goes. Life is like that. It never really goes in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, we'll have to get you back on here again soon, <laughs> and we can talk more because yes, we could talk all day. <laughs> All right, thanks very much. Thank and you. yeah, bye bye. Bye. Please like and share my podcast. Episode three will be coming out soon where I interview a guest and we talk about periods and life. I'm Kirsty Ford. Take care and bye bye. <laughs>